Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, I just want to take a moment to congratulate the WSOU FM 89.5 FM family on winning the Marconi Award for Best Non-Commercial Radio Station of the Year. Congratulations to the General Manager, Mark Maven, and Frank Scafidi, who those two gentlemen have been here for a number of years leading our great students in, in this award. Now, let's get down to today's business. Today, we're so pleased to have back in our studio uh, a guest who spoke on our program last year, Mr. Michael Pila who is the founder and creative director of Pila Creative Marketing and the author of the new book, You Ought to Be in Business. Michael, welcome to the program, and thank you for coming in to share with us your book, You Ought to Be in Business. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Daryl, for this uh, opportunity. So, could you just, I know you've been on our program before. Yeah. Could uh, just give the audience a little bit about your background? My background, I, uh, I've always been in a, uh, the creative end of the marketing business. I started life as a graphic designer and sort of gradually evolved into web development and now digital marketing. Uh, I still stress the creative side of things in the marketing side of my business because we're kind of in the era of Me Too marketing where everybody has access to the same tools. So the, what I, the differentiator I bring is, is to create individual approaches for my clients so they stand out from their competition. Very nice, very nice. So, what prompted you, you had told me that you were going to write this book. Yeah. You were yeah, here in June of 2015. This has been percolating, yeah. And which is good. I mean, right. it's now it's, sep it's September 2016. You right. ought to be in business. Right. How did this come about? It start when I started my own business, I, I went looking around for, for some advice, for whatever information I could find. I noticed a lot of books about starting your own business are written by former corporate executives or corporate executives with connections and and some sort of seed money. Uh, and it just seems silly to me that here I am, I'm literally in my pajamas on a card table with a laptop and, I'm, and I have a, a goal. I have, and like, like I say in the book, a mild sense of desperation and I really couldn't find any books that spoke to my experience. So by then I had a lot of experience so I decided to share that with people in the same situation I'm in. And the title. How did you come up with the title, You Ought to Be in Business? Well, obviously, it's a riff the on the old... practical guide right. for the self-employed. It's a riff. There, there's an old song, You Ought to Be in... Uh, you, <laughs> I think you ought to be in show business. But Something about show... Yeah. You ought to be in pictures. Okay, right, that that's was right. It. That's it, was, right. It, was, it was a song, You Ought to Be in Pictures. And I wanted something a little catchy, but also aspirational. Because this is basically, I'm speaking to people like myself who wanted to start a business but didn't necessarily have the resources or the knowledge to do it, but that, you know, not knowing what you're doing doesn't stop a lot of people. So I figured, you know, I want to basically encourage people to give it a shot. And um, this book, would it, is it somewhat autobiographical? It's, it's not a memoir. It is, it is based on my own experiences and insights. So there are things there that actually I did experience. There are things there that uh, situations and problems I did have to deal with. Uh, but it's not a straight biography by any means. And so what is your hope that the reader will come away after they finish uh, the 153 pages? Um, what, what is it that you, you hope that they will come away with 
from this book? What are the two or three things that you want to achieve there? Well, first of all, the book is, is entertaining. The book is humorous. So I'd like to take some of the stuffiness out of business books in general and about starting your own business because people who do start their own business, again, there's a, there's a certain level of tension. So basically, basically lighten the atmosphere as it is. Uh, I have also been told by people that there are everybody comes away with one or two very useful nuggets. Uh, they're all different, but again, uh, I try to approach this from a real-world perspective. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a CEO or an even MBA or anything like that in order to get something from this book. And it's that it's that growing population of uh, you know bedroom entrepreneurs that I'm basically appealing to. Bedroom entrepreneurs. That's a new phrase for me. I just me. thought of that, actually. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you've coined it right here yeah. on Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU, 89.5 FM. What is a bedroom entrepreneur? Every, everybody I know who started a business either started in their basement or in their bedroom. And it's basically, that's you know, you put aside a corner of your house where you, you plop down your computer and you basically get to work. Uh, and, you know, I have friends who've started very successful businesses out of the corner you know, some odd corner of their house. So it, this is to sort of give encouragement to those people. Very nice. You know, Very to let nice. them know they have, they're not alone. Yeah. You know, they're not the only ones banging their heads against the wall, as it were. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the four horsemen of small business success. That's, that's in Chapter 3 right, of the right, book. Right, right. I wanted to come up with, with a, uh, a, a, an easy-to-understand concept that sort of crystallized the elements of success. And the four horsemen of, of success are there's um, client acquisition, client management, project management, and what's the fourth one that's been a while since I've looked at the book? Cash flow. Right. Okay. The most important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, yes. Anyway, but those are the four. That's cash flow, client acquisition, client management, and project management. And uh, when you talk about, um, we all understand cash flow, and I think we do in regards to making sure that the business can, can meet its uh, weekly uh, 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 cash requirements. But let's talk about um, client management, because client acquisition, okay, so you got to acquire clients at the marketing, but let's talk about client management. Right, and that's actually one of the key things. One of the key things I learned running a business, because again, I don't have a huge staff. There's sometimes I don't have a staff at all. I have multiple clients, and and I really can't let them run my business. I can't. It's not simply a matter of making them happy. I used to have a friend who his favorite motto was, "When people ask me to jump, I ask them how high." You know, and I would say, you've asked me to jump. It's like, well, do you really want me to jump? Maybe I should skip. Maybe I should sit, sit on my head. You know, basically, not not just to be an order taker, but to be an, an active participant and to sort of turn your clients into collaborators. Um, but the guy I used as a model for that chapter is is uh, the 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 dog whisperer, Caesar Caesar Roman, who's a dog whisperer, who basically does a whole thing about being a pack leader. And about how pack leader doesn't ask permission. You know, pack leader just acts assertively, you know, calm and assertive, you know. And I've actually used that with difficult clients. There's just something, uh, I don't know if it's built into the psychology of people, but if you, if you act like you're in charge, more often than not, people will treat you like you're in charge. 
and there's no reason to be afraid of your clients. There's no reason to to put yourself in an, in a subservient position just because they're the client and you're the you're the vendor. You have something they need. This is an equal relationship, and that's what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make in that chapter is that you do have control uh, over 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 your clients, and ultimately you have control over how you're going to run your business. Fully agree. How would you? What advice would you give one who says, I, I, "Michael, I hear you. I'm I'm with you. We want to make it a win-win." But I have this one client that's really over the top demanding. I have an example in the book of a of a client, uh, and. Uh, Again, we would we would it was, he was a real estate developer, and we would have a weekly meeting, and he would rant and rave, and you know he would just be very abusive to people, and it was at that moment I thought of the dog whisperer because he was like a snarling you know pit bull or something, and 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 I think it's it's how you approach them, you know, just because they're snarling and demanding and whatever doesn't mean you have to be quivering in fear, you know, you know you do have control of your own emotions. So my approach was to literally look him in the eye and very calmly uh, tell him what we were going to do and what I had done. And since I was calm, he reacted the same way. So no matter how much he, he ranted and raved or got out of control, I remained calm, but I also remained assertive. You know, I wasn't cowering. I didn't apologize. I didn't back off. It's like, you know, okay, this is whatever you're saying may be true. This is... This is how I'm going to approach it. And by the end of the conversation, he had sort of, he had sort of backed, I don't want to say he backed off, but we were more on an equal footing than we were in the beginning. You know, something you said is very, very key in regards to, you cannot control what, how someone else behaves, but you can control how you respond to, to them. Right. And, and if I go back to the, to the dog whisperer analogy, uh, this is what was so fascinating, because he, you know, but when people have have like a little yelling dog, you know, a little yapping dog, the uh, the uh, the reflex action is to yell at the dog and tell it to be quiet. And what happens with the dog is the more you yell, the more it barks. You're just basically adding to the noise. You're adding to the confusion. So the thing to do is to be quiet. Again, don't retreat. You know, you're not running away, but you're not adding to the tension in the room. Very you know nice. what I mean? So since you're mm -hmm. not adding, yeah. so eventually the room calms down because you're not putting fuel to the fire. You basically let this guy burn himself out. Right, right. Considering, uh, you know, some of the live reality uh, TV shows that we see and uh, even the ones that focus on business, uh, you see that there, that is a challenge for a number of people to control their emotions. What, right. what what advice would you give to uh, fellow entrepreneurs who are uh, new to this type of behavior, um, but also maybe they suffer from it as well, and they and they might give in to their emotions. It it has to. I mean, uh, it, I think it has to do with being experienced. It has to do with believing in yourself, um, and it also has to do with like, believing in your worth. Uh, I, there's an anecdote I used when I started my business from Beethoven. I use this a lot when I talk to business people, especially in these situations. Beethoven, I forget which one of his symphonies, he dedicated one of his symphonies to Napoleon. 
and he wrote in his book, he said, if I understood war the way I understand music, I would be Napoleon. So in his, in his field, Beethoven saw himself as the equal of Napoleon. And it's the same thing, especially in a creative field, because I started life as a graphic designer. You have to say that in, in my little venue, I'm king. Right? You may be president of the company, but you're coming to me. And I don't mean this in any sort of a, you know, nasty, you know, snarky way. Not, right, I'm not being disrespectful at all. But I, I, in, my, in my realm, I have, I'm a king. I have control in my realm. You have control in your realm. We need something from each other. So let's approach this as equals. That's the way I go. I mean, I haven't always been approached that way. But that's always the way I start out. And that's worked more times than it hasn't. What would you say to um, an entrepreneur who is just getting started? They've read your book. What's, what's the first couple of things that they need to master as an entrepreneur? Well, cash, cash flow. Cash flow is really where a lot of people fall down. You, know, you, you really need to be very wary or very aware of where your money is going and where it's coming from. Um, and sometimes you need to juggle, and you need to know when to juggle because, you know, sometimes things happen. Uh, the other thing is to put a lot of your uh, stock into um, client acquisition. Uh, you really don't have a business unless you have clients. So whatever you need to do to get clients pardon me, is, uh, is key. It's, it's amazing how many entrepreneurs I talk to who do not have a marketing plan. You know, they basically, they get most of their business through personal referrals or serendipity or, you know, relatives or whatever. But they don't have a clear, clearly thought out, you know, methodical marketing plan in place to keep those clients coming in. Um, and again, going back to my four horsemen, once you do get the work, it's important that you manage it properly so that, because managing the jobs also affects your cash flow. So in order to keep that pipeline clear, you've got to keep the projects moving. That's right. And then the final is the client management is the basically so you keep your sanity. That's more than anything else. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Michael Pila, who is the founder, creative director of Pila Creative Marketing and the author of the new book, You Ought to Be in Business. And this is such a fun read. I, I, I love well, thank you. I, yeah. I, I love the different assignments you have in there where folks yes. can, 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 can check off different things. Um, but when you think about networking as a small business, uh, what are some of the key tips that you provide folks in your book about networking for your business? You mean like networking in general? Yes. Um, I think I describe networking as part uh, revival meeting, part circus, and part uh, the, the speed dating. Uh, this is basically what it turns into. Uh, net, network, you can waste a lot of time networking. So I, I would always suggest if you're going to a networking event, that's not the place to sell. That's basically the place just to make connections. You're, you're, you're in the initial stages of building relationships. Those relationships will result in business. The worst thing I've ever had happen to me at networking events is people selling me. Someone I don't know immediately starts to tell me what he's going to do for me. And so let's put that on the back burner. Um, the thing is that I, the game I play at networking events is I try to collect as many business cards as possible and then connect with those people afterwards mostly through email. I mean, I try to keep it all as, as non-threatening as possible, but I do find that the people who respond to those initial emails eventually become clients. 
And what about social media and in, 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 uh, utilizing that yeah. as a tool? It's, it's a very good tool as far as uh, keeping in touch with people, first of all. LinkedIn, I've actually gotten some business off of LinkedIn. LinkedIn has become a very, very fertile, uh, productive, uh, you know, almost in spite of itself. It's, it's, well, it's almost like the people made it that way. The people on LinkedIn made it that way. But it's a, it's a, very, it's a, it's a great place to network. Um, I've had people reach out to me, and I've reached out to people. So it's, the thing about the thing that makes LinkedIn work so well is that the people are there to do business, right? They're not there to talk about their vacations. They're not there to share baby pictures or show you what they had for dinner. I could never understand that. Yes, I know. Why do I need to see you know the kielbasa you had the other day? It's just yeah. good for you, right? Uh, right. They're not doing anything like that. They're basically there for for a reason, and it, it makes it makes it a very productive uh, platform. Absolutely. And what are your thoughts about Facebook in regards to business social media? Well, well, there's there's the personal side of of uh, Facebook, and then there's the business side of Facebook. And unfortunately, they get kind of commingled, and that's where the confusion happens. Um, Facebook is the largest social media place on the planet, so you want to have a presence there. You want to have some kind of a presence there. If you're not there, it looks weird. It's one of these things where if you're not there, you get noticed. But what I've started playing with lately are Facebook ads, which are extremely targeted, not very expensive, and you get a whole bunch of really great analytics up front. So I found that to be a very, very useful tool, especially for my smaller clients. Since you only need a few dollars a day to, to basically reach thousands of people. And again, since they're very, very targeted, you're not reaching thousands of random people. You're reaching the kind of people you want to meet. Wonderful. And and currently your book, it can be purchased where? It's on Amazon, both as a, a hard copy book and as a and as an e book. And it's also available on Barnes and Noble as a hard copy book. And I'm right, and uh, as you said, uh, Amazon on Kindle. I'm yes, sure. Yes. Yes. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, what have the reviews been so far? I've gotten some very good good responses. I mean, I've sent it out to friends. I've sent it out to professionals. Whenever you do so, uh, something humorous, you know, it's funny to me. You know, and that's basically the way I write. I write basically for my own amusement initially. And it's, but you're never quite sure how other people are picking it up. But so far, it's been picked up exactly the way I had intended it. That it's a, people think it's, like you said, it's a fun read. Uh, I, one of the reviews I got was, I never thought I'd wet my pants laughing reading a business book. That was, <laughs> wow, that's a good one. I know, that's a good review, right? So, so I've gotten that. And, but at the same time, people said that there's useful information in there. And I've had people say, oh, I've passed this on to my friend who's running such and such a business. Or I picked up a couple of tips about something else. So, so I have managed to merge entertainment with information, which is, uh, which is which great. Was the goal. Which, 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 which is great. It's not easy either. No, no You have to write the no. book twice, basically. You know, yeah. So when you think about entrepreneurial leadership, um, what are some of the key attributes you feel that an entrepreneur needs to have to be a good leader? Okay, that's an interesting question. Okay. Well, leading, leading. That's my Charlie Rose. That's question. your Charlie Rose. Oh, okay, I just saw. Did you know today. this Charlie Rose voice? Oh, right, right. You know, I, I didn't, but now that you mentioned it, yes, I recognize this. But I guess it depends on on the situation. If if you're an entrepreneur with uh, any kind of a staff, you know, obviously there, there's an obligation to, uh, I think, to a certain level, to teach that staff to take care of them. You know, they're they're somewhat dependent on you for their 
for their salary, so it's up to you to run the business in such a way that you stay in business. Uh, as a solopreneur, as it was, I mean, I basically try to be a leader to my clients. Um, again, since I'm, I'm invariably involved in creative work, uh, I see my role as leading my clients to not only successful solutions, but things that are, that are relevant, that are aesthetically pleasing, that are attention-getting, you know, and not just be someone who just basically takes orders. You know, um, Michael, um, forgive me, but how do people get in touch with you if they want to utilize your creative services? Well, I'm, I'm all over the Internet. My, my, uh, my company is uh, it's Pila Creative Marketing. The, the URL is simply Pila, P-I-L-L-A, the letter C and the letter M. So it's PilaCM.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. Um, if you if you if you search Amazon, you'll find the book. There'll be there's ways of getting in touch with me there. So I'm I'm extremely available. And um, I know the Performing Arts Center was was is or was a client of yours. This, uh, yes, so in SoCal, in so so yeah, yeah. Right, yes. And you built a nice website for them, correct? Actually, it it from from I never get sales figures. I never get, but anecdotally, I've learned from them that it really, really increased their sales. Really increased their because it, basically they finally have something that truly reflects what it is they do. That it's is not just a website, right? It's a it right. basically sells them as a live entertainment venue and right. it made selling tickets and making donations very easy for visitors. Beautiful. Now this interview is going to air, of course, on Saturday morning, uh-huh. but this coming Sunday. You're going to you're going, going to be, be appearing at Words yeah. the bookstore in Maplewood, Maplewood, uh, New Jersey. Maplewood, New Jersey. They they're having a a new authors event, so I'll, I'll be there with a, several other new authors. I have a half hour slot in the morning. I believe it's ten thirty to eleven. Uh, everyone is welcome, uh, and uh, I'll be there selling copies of my book. Now, will you do a reading? Yes, I'll, uh, I'll read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do. I may read the. Mm-hmm. I usually either read the Four Horsemen mm-hmm. thing, or I, I also have a thing there which is uh, the, the reasons. There's four reasons why you might start a business. My favorite thing is I've taken the, uh, you know, there's the steps of of, uh, of dealing with grief, you know, anger, denial, whatever it is, and I basically remap those to being an, an, an entrepreneur. Oh, let's talk about that. That sounds interesting. Well, here, let me yeah. let me read them. There's the six steps of of uh, the passages of becoming an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right here. And it's, okay, the journey from newbie to CEO of you. Uh, much is written about the financial aspects of starting your own business, but making the switch to working for yourself is also a life-changing event. And like any other LCE, becoming your own boss does have some psychological ramifications. Polling a random number of entrepreneurs found hanging around the local Starbucks it was either that or Applebee's. I've identified six emotional stages that the newly minted entrepreneur can expect to pass through once he or she has taken the plunge. And those steps are euphoria, denial, panic, bargaining, acceptance, and finally billing. So those are the... Love that. Once you get to billing, once someone has actually paid you for doing something, you've, you've arrived. Right, right. And how do you deal with those clients that... Um don't pay their invoice. That's rough. I mean, sometimes you just get stiffed. You know, I, I kind of 
try to use a, 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 a tactic I refer to as uh, whiny persistence, which is just basically calling like forever. Uh, I actually once, I once apologized. I called this guy like seven times and I apologized for having to ask him for money. But, you know, the bank's bugging me and my wife is bothering me and I think he just got tired of hearing from me. But some people are just, you know, they just, it doesn't matter, you know. So you just have to uh, move on. And for for a consultant entrepreneur or working on projects, um, what is the general rule of thumb in regards to invoicing? So let's say if someone has uh, signed on for a particular job that's going to be X amount, how much should have, should that amount be invoiced right away? De- depending on the size of the thing, I anywhere from a half to a third. But, so, I mean, I, I bill in stages. One of the ways I protect myself from, you know, unscrupulous people here is I bill in stages. Uh, so there's a deposit up front. So I always start the project with some money in my pocket. And then there are, are um, key landmarks along the way. So if I don't get paid for a particular landmark, work stops. Right. And so I'm never out more than one payment. Mm-hmm. And invariably, I haven't done any more work. So that's, that's been basically the, the best way to sort of protect myself and weed out the deadbeats. That is very, very, very good advice. And uh, believe it or not, we're almost out of time, but what closing thoughts, comments would you Aside want to... Aside from buy my book. <laughs> of course. you got to buy the book. You ought to be in business. Mr. Michael Pila. No, um, I would, again, I would, I would encourage anybody... I mean, starting your own business is not to be taken lightly and start is not easy. I would encourage people to give it a shot. You know, I, I, do, I do talk about the different ways one does start a business. I started my own business freelancing. I had a regular job and I was doing freelance work on the side. And as I said in the book here, when your regular job starts interfering with your freelance work, it might be time to take the plunge. So that would be that would be my advice. Is give your give yourself a chance. See see if it that's not for everybody, but if you think it suits you and you want to give it a shot, go right ahead. And what are some of the uh, local services uh, that are available to help out new entrepreneurs that you know about? Well, I, spoke, I know you're speaking. I spoke at SCORE, mm-hmm. which is a group of retired executives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rutgers University has a whole small business association. Um, the company, uh, I have a relationship with Constant Contact, the email marketing company, and we regularly do seminars. We do free seminars. Uh, there's a group of us. We are authorized local experts. Um, again, if you want a list of, of upcoming events, just somebody email me. Okay. And we do regularly. And your email address My is? email address is michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at pilacm.com. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I didn't know that about you being a constant contact uh, expert. I'm a man of many facets. Yes, yes. I use constant contact in my business. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was a client for like 15 years before I, I got involved with the program, and it's been... It's been very, very fruitful. And do you have any affiliations with Google? Because, you know, Google has a number of tools for small businesses. I don't have any direct affiliate. I do use Google Docs and like everybody else does, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So far, it's just constant contact. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Michael Pila, the founder creative director of Pila Creative Marketing and the author of this really great book, You Ought to Be in business and uh, Michael will be at Words Bookstore in Maplewood, 
New Jersey uh, this Sunday, uh, 10.30 to 11. Yeah. And um, I, I've known Michael now for a few years, and this is the second time on the program. And I want to thank you, Michael, because uh, I really enjoy our conversations and hope to have you back. I, I would look forward to that, uh, Daryl, and thank you. Thank you very much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week on leadership in our eighth season, which we're wow. very proud of. And also, again, I just want to give a, a round of applause to the students here at WSOU 89.5 FM and uh, Mr. Mark Maven, the general manager, and Mr. Frank Scafidi, who is, who is the technical guru who makes sure that the studio is always running on time for their win in the Marconi Award for Best Non-Commercial Radio Station of the Year, which was awarded just last week. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week on Leadership. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. And remember, if you miss any of this particular broadcast, you can catch this and the other 167 shows on iTunes U under Seton Hall University Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Have a great weekend, and always remember, leadership begins with you.